Welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, and I am your host. Joining me for this episode, I have a very special guest that I'm going to introduce to you in just a couple seconds. But before I formally introduce him, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Film Comp, C-U-L-T. F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. We are also a proud member of the Blind Knowledge Collective at www.blindknowledge.com, which is a great website for videocasts and podcasts from all around the world that strive to bring you interesting and entertaining topics that uh, need some more eyes and ears on them. So please give us all a listen over there. The Cult Film Companion Podcast is also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that captures the latest trending articles based on topics that you choose to follow. They then read the articles to you in a natural human voice. Stop scrolling, start listening. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Please try Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me and check out a month free of their premium service using the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M. That's cult film, drop the guy, pop it a one, and enjoy Newsly's premium services for free. We are, of course, there under the featured section. But with all that hot dogging and grandstanding out of the way, I would like to welcome back my fellow cult brother from across many, many a body of water, Mr. Ian from the Cult Connections. Ian, I've been a guest on your show, but welcome to my show. I am I am so pleased that you were able to join me. Thanks so much, Chris. I, uh, you are very welcome. It's great to be here. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about your show and where we can find it, and how it, sure, yeah, and how it might differ from my show? Because we actually we have um, we kind of have a trifecta of cult brotherhood: uh, me, you, and then of course, can't forget about Antonio. So no, um, yeah, th- yeah, this is it. So I, uh, you know, you know, there are there are many cult film uh, podcasts out there of course but um you yeah, we are um their brothers in 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 their arms as it were aren't we but um yes. so yes yeah, so so the cult uh, their connections podcast we do films and um they uh they're sort of tv as well so what i do 
each their episode is to pick three, um, either films or, or sort of shows or a mix, um, which in some way have, have a um, their sort of length. So, and, and uh, the links can be quite obvious. So, say, their, their actor, um, their director, or a bit more of you know, skewer. So um, I, I've done their episodes about the same um, their prop that turns up in in their three films, nice. or you know, so just you know, quirky things as well. So you know, just uh, lots of lots of different ways just to look at our favourite you know films. Right, and I'm just thinking back to the episode that the the three of us did. The connections were not apparent at first but boy we found a lot of them we did um <laughs> we did the bed sitting room mm-hmm. the dijon brothers and i'm forgetting the one that i picked oh blue collar and <laughs> <laughs> forgot the only there were some there were some very interesting connections in there so if you haven't checked out the cult connections uh podcast please give it give Ian and the crew a listen. Ian, where can we find the show and where can we find you on Twitter? Um, so the Twitter, my name's actually um, they're reversed. Um, that was the only one I could get at at the, the time and actually I quite like it now. So uh, it is at Connections, their cult. So that's where you'll find me there. The, the show is on all of your um, their platforms. So Apple, uh, you know Spotify, any anywhere really. So great. Yeah. I'll of course include links to all Ian's um, social media. Will be in the episode description to make things just a little bit easier for all you listeners because that's what we try to do. We try to be entertaining and we try to um, provide you with with content that is going to appeal to you. And that being said, this is not a movie that's going to appeal to all people. But it's the most, one of the highest compliments that I think that I can give a movie is that this is an incredibly important movie. Not so much today, but for the time, it was, um, it was hugely controversial and is now regarded as a cult classic as well as it should. So we are, I should probably introduce the movie, that would be helpful. We're talking about scum. Now, the history of scum is that in 1977, the BBC paid for a play version to be filmed and broadcast, and on the BBC show Play for Today, and this was in 1977, Mm -hmm. upon reviewing it, the BBC chose not to air it, and it was never broadcast until 1991. Now, two years later, in 1979, director Alan Clark and screenwriter Roy Minton made the film version, which we're talking about today, for Film Channel 4, and that was broadcast in 1983. Now, Ian, for those of us on this side of the pond 
could mm-hmm. you give us a little, if just a little bit about maybe your own experiences with the BBC and uh, Channel Four and that kind of stuff? Because you know, to, as as an American, I I am somewhat familiar with it, and as a cinephile, I'm I'm more so familiar with it. But mm-hmm. maybe maybe for the casual listener, they might know. It, it's one of those things, like especially since Austin Powers came out and had that whole BBC song. I mean, but and you know, BBC television is now is become increasingly popular. But um, just a, a little bit about your maybe your own personal history with uh, this sort of uh, broadcasting format because it's quite different than what we have here in the states. Yeah, so um, I think as a as a stranded though, so obviously. Um, the the BBC's in quite a a sort of unique um uh their organization and in that it is um they're taxpayer funded but um it is it it they sort of stands alone so it's not a a sort of government run um the organization so um the you are so you do have to pay a, a their license fee and that uh, and that does actually fund um the the bbc um as regard um the sort of scum and it its place within the bbc um their drama and like you say so it was part of the play for their today their thread so um this was basically a long running um their series of of sort of one off you know television uh, their sort of plays or or sort of tv um uh, their sort of movies as you might you might sort of know them so um and they would covered all all different um, their genres as well, so you know lots of different things. Um, but in in that, they would do um, quite edgy sort of dramas, or or really try to push the the sort of um, the, the the boundaries, as it were, of 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 what you could show. Pushing the um, pushing the envelope, kind of what we what we see here in the states was, you know, we had broadcast television, which was four or five channels. But then, if you chose to pay for basic cable, things got a little more risque, a little edgier. And then, when you went to like mm-hmm. premium channels, that was you know, n- n- no holds barred. That was you know, yeah. pretty much everything you can you could go for. So it's kind of, um, I guess, in the states, the the, the 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 closest that I could think of is something like we have PBS. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Um, and it's a little bit, but not sort of quite. So, um, so basically, in in uh, uh, they're sort of Britain, and in and in the late seventies, obviously, when this was you know being made, we had three their TV channels, and that's all there was. So there was no um, their sort of cable. You know, there was nothing like uh, like that over over, over here. Um, so the BBC had two. Uh, their sort of channels, and then um, there was a further one, ITV. That was a that was a, a, a their sort of commercial uh, uh, their channel. So um, they ad advertiser funded. You know that's how that was funded. Um, but 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 I mean the BBC would 
they would take take sort of risks, but also they would cover all all sort of bases as well. So you know, they really, really, they they sort of catered to every section of of um, of the this sort of audience. So right, I have to say this is off topic for for films in general, but um, I still do. But I went through this this phase where. The majority of the world news that I would get, I would get to the BBC um, <clears throat> to avoid the, um, how do I put this politely, the very skewered nature of a lot of um, major broad- news broadcast platforms here in the U.S., um, Definitely, yeah, uh-huh. it, I, get, I get that, Chris, yeah, now I have watched... Um, if there are b- b- big events happening in in the, the states, I will watch some of your news there channels. Obviously, you know because they are slightly more up to date. But um, they're the, up, <laughs> they're up to date, but there's also an agenda. <laughs> yeah, so the um, uh, the sort of opinions that 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 the broadcasters, the um, their journalists, uh, they themselves air. You just would not get that over here. It just, uh, yeah. It, yeah, so, but that's completely uh, off topic. But um, <laughs> like I said, I, I think it, it kind of started probably, I want to say, probably in the in the 2000s that we really got the, uh, America really got a boom of BBC kind of fever as far as your programming uh mm-hmm. especially i mean uh, it immediately comes to mind uh the the office the ricky gervais comedy that aired mm-hmm. I, I think if uh, correct me if i'm mistaken i think there's only eight or ten episodes in that entire um series over uh, the mm-hmm. original series and that that dominated uh, NBC's comedy lineup for well over a decade. The Office was um, was huge, and um, again we will get the scum. But I just want to say a couple of my personal my personal favorites from the BBC are a a series called Spaced, starring um, yep. Simon Pegg. And uh, directed by Edgar Wright, who has come on to become a huge director. That that show is 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 genius, and I'm kind of glad that the the pilot, the American pilot, uh, has never been aired, and they chose not to go forth with the series <laughs> um, because Spaced. If you haven't checked it out, it's it's widely available now. There's a great uh, DVD and Blu-ray set. Um, can't recommend that enough. Also, uh, an absolute genius show that I I just adore is a show called Life's Too Short. Ian, have you seen that? Um, I think I have seen yeah some of that one. Yeah, uh-huh. it's the uh, it's Warwick Davis who, of course, is uh, best known for playing. Willow, and he was in the Harry Potter series and um, the Leprechaun Horror franchise. It's about uh, it's a fictionalized version of of his life, and um, yeah. it's just absolutely genius. And uh, 
the first episode features one of the funniest things that I've ever seen that I go back to over and over again. Each episode, Warwick goes to see um, Ricky Gervais and his writing partner, Stephen Merchant, and he's always trying to get work with them. And he, sh- he shows up in the first episode, and Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant are, are meeting with Liam Neeson. And <laughs> Liam Neeson is completely deadpan throughout this entire thing, but he comes to them because he wants to branch out from dramatic acting and wants to do stand-up and improv comedy. And I will leave it at that. The clip is on YouTube. It is absolute genius of just comedic comedic goal of Liam Neeson and Ricky Gervais doing the most kind of awkward, cringeworthy, eyebrow raising improv that you'll you'll ever see. And um it's 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 great. And it was actually now now in hindsight the show is somewhat prolific because it ran for two seasons and then there was like uh, a, 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 an hour long like wrap up finale and the hour long finale um, is all about Val Kilmer coming back coming to meet up with uh, Warwick Davis to try to get a sequel to Willow Made and uh, this was probably about a decade ago and I just recently saw a couple months ago that we are getting a Willow TV series so yeah a little bit of prolific prophecy going on there but let's talk about um, Scum starring a very baby faced Ray Winstone and I say that (laughs) because my first my first clear recollection of Ray Winstone as a as a leading actor was in the absolutely brilliant dark comedy thriller drama Sexy Beast a, mm-hmm. alongside Ben Kingsley mm-hmm. so to see Ray and that came out I want to say in 2001 so we're talking yeah, around that time yeah yeah uh-huh. And if you haven't seen Sexy Beast, uh, I'm not going to say anything else other than you you're you're missing out on on a, a hell of a film. And if you want an interesting double feature that will kind of blow your mind, watch Gandhi starring Ben Kingsley, and then immediately follow up with the anti Gandhi Sexy Beast, in which <laughs> B- Ben Kingsley's use of profanity is artistically beautiful. Um, he says things and does things that are just wow, you know. But Scum was produced on a budget of 250,000 pounds and grossed overall at the box office over here in America um, about $5,400. And it was released in the UK on September 12th, 1979. And Ian, do you want to kind of take us through just a brief plot synopsis of Scum? Um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, 
it is fairly much it is a look at um, their Boston, um their life, so or what you guys I think would know as um, youth penitentiary. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a look at um, a series of uh, uh, their sort of characters, but kind of follows Ray, uh, their Winstones, their characters as they are new. Um, inmates, as it were, to the um, the Boston, and it follows their uh, their sort of journey through that. So um, it's quite, it's very much an ensemble sort of piece. It does follow a lot of different uh, their sort of characters, but um, yeah, but really, Winston certainly uh, more of a focus as as he goes on, and we see him. He becomes the um, the daddy of the Boston. So this is basically. Um, the the inmate who 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 sort of runs it as it were for uh you know he's 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 sort of top uh, they're sort of dog as it were so it's uh yeah so we're kind of dealing yes we have um juvenile detention centers here or um sometimes we have if uh, you get out of line, you get sent off to a very strict boarding school or a very strict military school in mm-hmm. which your um, your freedoms are, are, are limited and you are pretty much assigned uh, a daily task schedule, whether it be work, education, the whatnot. And um, so this... This movie, though, um, if I'm not mistaken, after it came out, because it is, it's, it's a quite, it's a very brutal movie, and like I said, it's not an easy movie to watch. There is lots of verbal abuse, violence. There is um, homophobia, there is racial tensions, there is rape, and there is suicide. So, it's interesting because those are all, unfortunately, aspects of life in general, but scum is pretty much takes... We're in a very small bubble with scum, we ba- I think other than the opening scene when we're seeing um, Ray Winstone and a bunch of uh, a couple of other people being brought into the school, we never we never venture outside the walls of this school. There are outside shots, but we're talking about within the grounds of this institute. We we don't leave this institute. Any sort of outside interaction comes through with visitors coming or with letters and, you know, outsiders coming in, coming in to visit or to, you know, observe and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very much, uh, a very intense, it's kind of like, um, it's a boiling pot on the water. And, you know, if you don't turn off that stove, that, that pot's going to boil over. And we see that happen at the end of this movie and the the plot there is a plot um with Ray Winstone um you know his journey to become the daddy um is pretty much that but 
I mean, if you're looking for a movie full of action scenes and plot twists and something like that, this is not so much... It. It's very much a character study of, of, of Ray Winstone's character, but also the people that he interacts with and the people that he has to... Um, to overcome to be to achieve that that status symbol um yeah, yeah. does that it's probably probably because very much a uh in no holds barred portrait of of the Boston system at that sort of time um i think one of the reasons that that the bbc didn't show um the, the original their tv version was because um it's it it, it actually probably showed showed the truth sort of too much, and they and they didn't want to upset um, the the um, the sort of powers that uh, that sort of be, you know, and say, well, actually, this is what Boston life is like. This is what happens to these to these young um, their men when they're inside. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, it is uncompromising. Um, yes, but I, yes. I would say it's very much social, like this sort of commentary as well. Oh yeah, because the thing is, like I said, it's very much just the microcosm of things that, unfortunately, happen every day, regardless of whether or not you're you're in this system or not. And I know that I, I was watching an interview with someone, and the BBC said uh, their reactions was something along the lines of. Well, well, this doesn't happen every day. Not see, they didn't. They didn't say that this doesn't happen. <laughs> their, yeah. their, their excuse was, well, this doesn't happen every day. But it still happened, and you got to say, scum. I mean, and again, um, maybe I should have clarified this. Scum is not a documentary. This, this is a drama. This is very much a drama. It's scripted. There are characters. And all that, so it's not a documentary, but it's also, it also really, I mean, its foundation are in, are in, is in reality. These things, yes, they don't happen every day, but these things happen. I mean, and if anyone's ever watched something like, you know, it's funny because I I recently rewatched during the pandemic last year. I. I watched Oz on HBO uh, all mm-hmm. all eight seasons, and um, well, I'm just glad that I've never been to prison, and that's just more of a <laughs> more motivation for me to stay out of prison. But I mean, yeah. it, again, it's like well, these things don't happen every day, but similar things do happen in in prison. It's just it's just the way things are, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Scum, the TV play, you know, the BBC. I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they were thinking was going to be the final product when they initially funded it. I, I, I'd be very curious. Um, I mean... Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you should say that, Chris, because, I mean, the, the, the play for today, um, you know, a format or, or, or sort of series, as it were, I mean, it was... Uh, it was actually a great grounding for for a young a young sort of talented uh, uh, the writers and um, the directors to uh, 
to the make their mark and um with with fairly limited oversight as in if your uh, uh, sort of producer was was up for pushing the uh, the sort of boundaries then then your script would get made um it's only late, later on after it was uh, finished where where their high, higher ups actually watched it and went mm, no we're not showing that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I, I i'm very curious was i'm not i don't know and i'm asking you do you happen to know was was scum always the original title uh yes uh-huh yeah i believe it was yeah it was um and 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 from what i do believe and uh, well and from what i do know chris so so sort of fascinatingly um the tv version is the first version that i saw so um it was eventually shown on on the day the BBC in 1991, and I actually remember uh, that was when I watched it for the first time. So, um, and then obviously I saw the film the film their version, but the two versions are are very similar. Um, the the casting is obviously slightly different, but I mean it does actually um, have a lot of the same same their castry. Um, their Winston is still is still there. Um, you know the scenes very much are, you know, it's a scene for scene. Um, I think the only the only thing sort of missing from the TV version is one of the suicides. So there is obviously sort of two suicides, and they took one of them out. Um, yeah, but but other other than that, they are they are very very similar. So I I have a question because our 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 rating systems are are, are quite different. Do you recall mm-hmm. what what rating the the film has or, or received upon release? Um, so on release, it would have an X rating. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, which is now an eighteen. So by our our sort of ratings system, so um, an X was for uh, the eighteens and over. So it, it, yeah. You know, it's it's weird, and this is just me being a weird film nerd. But I always, I, I mean, it. Th- this was never really an issue with me growing up, but I remember like finding out that um, Midnight Cowboy received an X rating, mm-hmm. and yeah. and if you go back now and you show that to um, like a film a film studies class, and and then you kind of quiz them afterwards, like, what, what do you think that this movie was rated? I, I, I bet you dollars to donuts that you're not going to receive one person writing down that this movie received an X rating. Because mm-hmm. over here, when I hear X rating, I immediately think of pornography. And <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with pornography, but X, X to me, X rating means that it's... Um, Basically, what you're watching is 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 sex, and yeah. to me, when I see movies that are rated NC-17 or unrated movies, um, to me, yes, there's going to be some sex and some nudity, but it's not going to be graphic sex, and it's not just going to be sex. There's, you know, very much so, uh, more so for the 
for the for the language or for the violence, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or, or the sexual violence that it is. So you yeah. know, it, it's it's weird how the the rating systems kind of they di- they differ from all around the world. Um, I have well, to... listen, Ged, you know, absolutely fascinating point there. Um, there, sort of, Chris, and I kind of covered that on my last episode of my show uh, slightly. So, in in the UK, so 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 during the um, the seventies and uh, up until fairly uh, there, sort of recently, um, you could not actually buy any sort of you know porn- pornographic film that had had sort of graphic sex. They were they were banned essentially. You know, you could not. You know, they 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 didn't even get a, a sort of rating because they were not, you know, you just could not, you know, you know, get them. You know, you couldn't show them at all. Um, so, so for us, an X X rating would have, you know, violence and language and, um, you know, a little bit of of sort of sexual, you know, con content, but actual actual sort of graphic sex scenes, no, you know, not at all. So. Wow. Um, just a little uh, side note here. Um, are you familiar at all? I, I'm guessing you're not, because I just found out about this. Do you know what um, what Canada does in in, in terms of uh, censorship? I I can't say I do know. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is still the way it is, but I watched an interview with uh, Mr. David Cronenberg talking and he was it was a roundtable discussion it was david cronenberg john carpenter and um john landis and they were talking about censorships and going to the censor boards and in america what you do is you bring your film to the censor boards and they'll say well this needs to go this needs to go that needs to go and they'll give you a list and you go off and you make your cuts and then you can resubmit it, and you know sometimes it takes a movie dozens of times. Sometimes it'll take fifty times before they say, "Okay, we'll give you an R rating." But I mean, uh, a lot of times these directors and producers, when they come up with a contract with the studio, they're obligated to deliver um, a certain rating. If you're if you're obligated to deliver an R rating, and your movie gets an NC seventeen, you need to go back uh, because that's a lot of um, the major theaters chains are not going to cover uh, an NC-17 movie. Now, in Canada, like I said, this is going back to the 80s that this conversation had, so I don't know about it now. David Cronenberg, I mean, John Carpenter and John Landis were both kind of, they were talking about their frustrations with the ratings boards. And Mm -hmm. David Cronenberg had a much different take on the ratings boards because... In Canada, you submit your movie, and instead of getting a list of things that are going to be changed, the ratings board will cut and edit your movie until they're happy with it. Mm. Now, that's, I mean, so I could see why he's kind of like, yeah, I'll work with I'll work with the U.S. ratings boards because it's still kind of like, I still get to make my choices about what gets cut or not, so... Sometimes these these Canadian movies uh, they, they they've gotten cut they've got cut up not by anybody involved in the movie they just cut up by a ratings board so I mean 
it, it's so like it, it, again to those of you who are still listening thank you we will get back to scum but i i just think that sort of background in, information about the industries is quite interesting to me um and i much rather have something like scum the, the tv version will they say well we're not going to broadcast this and then they put it away in a vault and eventually we get to see it instead of them saying well we're going to cut it up and then we're going to broadcast yeah. it you know yeah uh-huh. yeah so yeah. do you re- so do you remember the so you saw the tv play first and like you said um i have never seen the tv play but from what i've read and from the um the the bonus here's on the on the on the video that i have um uh, it, it was a lot of the same cast. So mm-hmm. do you know budget wise what um, like what the difference between the TV? I, I'm imagining they um, the, the budgets were were probably actually quite similar, I would think. Um, hmm. That's that's a good point. Um, BBC budgets always absolutely tiny. So uh, it was probably made for about. 50 pence (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um, no I would imagine I would imagine that there would be a slightly larger budget for the film their version Um, but yeah I mean I mean you know like you say a a shot on on uh, um, uh, their location you know so so they find a suitable uh, they're sort of building there to do it and so so you know cost wise was probably quite quite so low um, you know, no, no real big name sort of stars in either version. Obviously, Ray Winston's a big star now. Right. Um, you know, Phil Phil Daniels as well. He's uh, he became very well sort of known. Um, uh, you know, going on. But I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, you know, lots of good actors in in the day, but very much, you know, you know, job and you know, TV and film actors. So. Uh, you know, so, uh, so, so, so sort of cost-wise, like that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a, a sort of huge amount. But I think, I th- to your point, I think that's what works to this film's advantage is that it's very, like I said, it's not a documentary, but on the same time, you're watching, and Ray Winstone. I mean, you could see that it's still him, but I mean. He's, you know, we're talking, he's got to be in his late teens at this point, I would say. Late teens, early 20s. Um, Yeah. And he was a relatively unknown person. I think the fact that we're dealing with relatively unknown actors works to this film's credit. And I don't want to discount the fact that they're, that just because they're not well known, that everyone across the board here delivers the acting in this movie which is why i think it 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 is so powerful to watch is because the acting is so good it's so intense you feel for you feel for the the like the weaker characters in this the the ones that have become victims of of the Mm -hmm. of the tougher bully types and the bully types, I mean, these are, I mean, I mean it's acting, but still, there's, <laughs> let's not, these are not guys that, if you're in a re- reform school, these are, these are the guys you want to be buddies with. You do not want to be on the wrong side of the table with these people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. 
it's interesting very um very sort of natural sort of style i would say they they to the acting so you know no one sort of uh you know showboating or anything like that there's nothing uh you know there isn't any stars that's the thing but everyone's you know is very natural um but you know like you say there chris it is very it's very full on in in sort of tense but that's the nature of of where they were that is how it was and uh you know the brutal you know system that they worked in it was uh, awful awful stuff but you know works works so well it does and i mean it's just i mean it also took me um a while and i think this is kind of a blessing on my on on my 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 ignorance so to speak but um I had to watch this movie a couple of times just to really kind of pick up on the slang and to pick mm-hmm. up on the accents and stuff. Okay. Uh, but to me, this movie is so good that I, I, you know, sometimes when I had to rewatch a movie a couple of times, I get kind of a uh, lethargic, like, <laughs> like halfway through the second time. I'm like, Oh, here we go again. To me, this movie, the way it's paced is so it's, it's so tight and I, 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 that's just, it, it works with this film's tension. Because like I said, we get this buildup and we see this kind of, uh, this, this rise to power for, for, for Winstone to become the daddy. Um, but I have to say, one of the more interesting characters, and forgive me because I cannot remember the character's name, is the vegetarian atheist mm-hmm. so so the archer yeah yes um yeah so he's trying to he's trying to um they survive by being a bit um they're subversive isn't he so so like he says he says oh well i'm a vegetarian so so they have to provide them with with the vegetarian food he says i can't wear wear uh, wear, wear their leather because of my um uh, yeah, they're, belie- they're, yeah, they're sort of vegetarianism. So he goes around in, in their bare feet, right? Um, you know, I love it later on, and he says, "Actually, he's going to convert to um, uh, their sort of mecca." Mecca, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, his character is so interesting because he's being very subversive, but it's a very, it's a very passive-aggressive way that he does it, and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that he's always, he's, you know, he's, he's not really in any of these different cliques. He kind of just, like, exists as his own man. And he's, Mm -hmm. he's always seeking to learn. He wants more, more access to books. And he questions why he has access, excuse me, he has access to certain books, but not others. Why are others... I think it, uh, what books? Um, I think he asked for um, Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky, yeah. Yes, uh-huh. but I think they said those are locked up, and upon release, you can have them. <laughs> and he says something to the point, "Well, they're not going to do me much good once I'm out of here, are they?" And it's just kind of so. There's so many like the different characters. They bring so many different elements to show the different kind of. Um, loose threads 
on this yeah. on this yeah. on this sweater, and each one is pulling their own loose thread until the climax of this movie, where this this sweater becomes completely unraveled and explodes into um, a riot, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, just before we talk about that, Chris, is actually so. So for the Archer character, there's a nice little, um, nice little bit of uh, uh, this sort of trivia for this one. Okay, so sure. and and at the start, you were talking about obviously, um, you know, British, uh, this sort of TV there that you like, and um, and one of the things that often doesn't work is, uh, or sometimes does work, is when. Um, their British their TV shows get their remade so and we know that that does happen mm-hmm. um so in the TV version so so the Mick Ford plays Archer in in the day the film so okay. in 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 the day the TV version he's actually played by um an actor called David the Threlfall uh and we know him really well from our series um the shameless so Oh, um, and, which character does yeah. he play in Shameless? Uh, so he's he's the main the character. He's the, he's the father. He, oh uh-huh. wow! Okay. Um, and obviously that was remade for the states. And uh, I've actually only seen the first season of the original Shameless. I I am very fam- uh-huh. I'm familiar with the. Um, I want to say it's William H Macy who plays uh, that character yeah. in the in the mm-hmm. remake. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. any of that, but I know that I'm not sure if it's still there. But uh, free plug for Tubi. If anybody goes on to Tubi, last time I checked, the original entire series of Shameless from the BBC is on Tubi, and uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that now. Um, although it's going to be tough for me because I like, since Archer is probably my favorite character, it's going to be, I'm going to be picturing, um, the one guy yeah. I have in my head now, the one from the movie. Yeah, so Mick, yeah, so Mick, Mick Forge, yeah. Because uh-huh. yeah, uh, he's so, uh, he's so good in that role. He's, I think um, he's probably the best. He's definitely my favorite and uh, he really stands out. So Yeah, um... Yeah, Ray Winstone, like his performance is great, and I, I but you know he's he's kind of like um he's kind of like a crime boss. He's kind of like a little uh, a little um. He's, he's so, the Godfather. He's, he's, I was gonna say, he's the, the daddy of of the Boston once. Yeah, so he's so he like, is he is their top dog. Yeah, so he takes he takes care of those that are loyal to him. But you step out of line, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna put the beat down on you. Um, yeah. And there's, um, I mean, we should probably talk about it. There is, um, there's some, there's some, there's some pretty uh, uncomfortable stuff as far as race goes in this movie. And again, this mm-hmm. this, this this came out in the in the late seventies. So, um, but there is there there is. Um, there's some issues with race and there's one scene where Ray Winstone beats down another guy, a black guy, and then tells him to rub coal all over his bruises and blood, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to kind of yeah. hide it. And yeah. then um, we call it dodgeball, but they call it something else in the movie. What is the game that they're playing? Where... Um, I think basically that that's just the made up game so that they can all, all sort of fight one another. So, um, 
yeah, that's not really a game that you would play probably anywhere else other than um, their Boston, to be honest, Chris. Okay, because it's, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. much like violent dodgeball. And I love the fact that the guy's <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, I forget, he goes off the list of the rules of what is what is and what is not allowed. But the one yeah. that always stuck out to me is no kicking in the ghoulies. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you're a man, you, even if you haven't heard that phrase before, you know exactly what it means to be kicked in the ghoulies, and it's <laughs> it's not pleasant. But and you know there are a lot of scenes in this film as well where you do see folk getting uh, you know kicked, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know right in the ghoulies. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it's I, I, if I if I'm remembering correctly, it's very much like this game is very much like all the white guys and then like all the black guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. supposed to it's supposed to, you know. And again, this is the seventies. Um, and then there's the uh, it's it's one of the, the most uncomfortable rape scenes in this movie yeah. that I think I've ever it's awful, seen. Yeah. It's yeah. so disturbing. Um, this, this... It, it makes uh, uh, their sort of deliverance look like uh, uh, they're a walk in the park, to be honest. You know, it's it's funny that you should mention... Well, it's not funny. There's nothing funny <laughs> Nothing funny about it. I happened to rewatch Deliverance um, last, last week, and... Mm-hmm. Um, the, Yes, there's a lot made about the rape scene, but what you actually see is not that graphic, and it's more so what what your imagination does with what you hear and what you see. Yeah. Um, scum. There's um there's three or four boys outside working on the fields, and then, then there's one boy in a greenhouse. Um. <laughs> uh, and I believe that the boy in the greenhouse is kind of, Ray Winstone has kind of taken him under his wing, mm-hmm. and the uh, the three bo- the three or four other guys that are um, opposed to, to to Winstone's rise to power as the daddy, they decide to go in and teach this uh, this boy a lesson, and um, it's a, it's a brutal brutal gang rape, and you're not going to see graphic, you know whatever stuff going on below the waist but what you do see are the looks on the faces of the vic- mm-hmm. of the victims and the perpetrators i th- there's at least 3 of them i think there's yeah. 3 so i mean and so like yeah deliverance it's not to minimize it is is a one and done with the one guy Scum, you you stay and linger with these three guys just just brutalizing this poor young man in the worst ways possible. And then the only cutaway shots we get from this horrific event is the supervisor outside looking into the greenhouse, seeing what's happening, and uh, looking away, you know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's brutal. And then it leads to the most... I mean, it, then it just leads to this terrible scene of this this poor boy in the aftermath. And um, the three guys leave. And then the guy that saw everything that happened comes in and tells him to get up off his feet. And, 
you know, get back to work. And then it leads to the, you know, the, 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 the harrowing, just horrible, sad scene of, um, of him eventually killing himself that night. Um, yeah. Not, be, but not before asking for help, which is like even, which just adds to the despair of this movie is that he calls to ask for help and the, the night guy could care less. He wants, you know, <laughs> he just wants a nice quiet night. He's probably not getting paid a lot of money. He just wants to read his magazine and have, you know, no, you know, no, no disturbances throughout the night. And it's just, it's just disgusting. And that's not, that's the second suicide scene. Um, the first is even, um, I don't, I don't even know if it's, I would say harder, but it's just, I mean, like I said, it's not an easy movie to, to, no. to watch because you're watching a lot of horrible, horrible things happen to these, these people. But on the plus side, can we talk a, a little bit about some of the reform that happened when this movie was released? You probably know a little bit more about it than I do. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, it's a great sort of point there, Chris, that, uh, uh, you know, films like, like sort of Scum, um, you know, other sort of dramas, other, other sort of awareness sort of raising, you know, you know, did lead to, um, uh, this sort of form and, you know, checks and the, the, the inspections for for these, you know, Bostels and other other areas of of um uh, uh their sort of prisons and other uh, their sort of institutions as well. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was absolutely you know, it was it was one of the drivers for for um you know change and you know change for the good. Right. I know that um upon release it, it led to um investigations and then huge sort of um, reforms in, in these sorts of yeah. institutions mm-hmm. which yeah. yeah I mean on the one hand that it, it, it's sad that it, it it has to come to a point like this for for a realization to happen that you know what this isn't working this where we're turning somewhat some of these criminal offenses are um are kind of minimal compared to others, but we're what we're doing in a situation like this is we're 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 turning these people into hardened criminals who have no uh, conscience about some of their actions, and then when they're released, God knows what kind of people they're going to be in regular society, you know. Um, well, yeah, yeah, you know what's a great point. I mean, people, you know, you know, children here being, you know, traumatized, and uh, you know, and that's the thing, you know, leading on to either, you know, repeat uh, like their sort of offending or, or mental health problems, homelessness, you know, all that stuff. Um, drug addiction. I mean, if you get, yeah, if you've exactly. Su- yeah, imagine. Uh-huh. I mean. Uh-huh. Imagine if that poor boy hadn't killed himself and he's left with this PTSD of being sexually assaulted and it goes unchecked and it goes untreated. 
I mean, we we hear it all the time in the news that victims that you know with that don't victims of crimes as young kids oftentimes become perpetrators later on in life and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like that vicious cycle um and we can kind of call it the scum cycle because i mean if you're turned into scum you're going to continue to i mean and then if you and then that's all you know and that's all mm-hmm. you've lived for for some of the most formative years of your life i mean what kind of an adult are you going to be when you come out? Um, but enough about the kids. I also, I, I think it's also very interesting that we kind of get an insight to the people that run these institutions um, mm-hmm. and the higher the, the hierarchy. What do they call them? The screws, I think. Yeah. Yeah, screws. Yeah, so so your so your guards, so your prison sort of guards, basically. That's their screws is what they're. Yeah. So we've got you know we we get to see what the guards, what um, like the nurse and just like the management, you know how everything goes and it's it's just so interesting because it's kind of like um. The people in power and the people that want power and what happens when you do get power and if you know the right people. I mean, it's kind of weird, like the um, the big status symbol for uh, for the for Ray Winstone's journey as a as he as he's going through the movie is that he eventually gets his single cell. Um, Mm. He's no longer in the dormitory. He's got his own single cell and. um, I guess it's it's shown early on that single cells are um, usually for. I think they want. I want to say they put the black kid in a single cell because of uh, uh, fear of racial, um, mm-hmm. yeah, reciprocity uh, or racial uh, antagonism. But uh, yeah, that's we kind of get to see the stature and the rise of um, of Ray Winstone's character. Um, as he becomes the daddy and um, anything before we talk about the climax of this movie am I missing any other pivotal parts there is the great scene um, what is it there's a is it a uh, a pillowcase full of pool balls so it's 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 a sock so, so he yeah, takes okay. his stock, yeah. Um, this is probably, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing really lighthearted about this film at all. But oh, no, if no, there's no, no. one, if there's one scene that, um, you, you can almost get a little bit of sort of pleasure out out of it. So, so, so for the build-up, so so Ray Winston is 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 the new to the Boston. Um, there is a, another. Like they sort of daddy there who was ruling over all all of the all of the um uh, their sort of kids uh, the Ray Winston's not having any of it so uh yeah so he does so he gets his so there's the there's the, the three of them isn't there uh, uh, they're sort of Chris, so there's uh, there's the daddy and and there's two um uh, they're sort of henchmen and um yeah so 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 Ray Winston gets the two sort of pool balls. Uh, uh, puts him in his uh, 
uh, they saw Sokin basically wax. He he wax Phil uh, um, the Daniels over there the head. Um, he tells the other henchmen there to sit down. He goes off, finds the uh, their sort of daddy, beats him there, there to a pulp, and uh, um, and as the immortal uh, line, "I'm the daddy now." So, yes. uh, and it's and it's 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 uh, it's almost the with them. So, if you want to pick uh, it, up, if you want to pick it up from there, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. So, so. So it's uh, it's uh, it's not a light-hearted scene there, Chris, because it's no. it, it is they're brutally violent, just like most of the others are. But um, it is it is probably the warmest bit. So we've seen seen Ray Winston's character, and he's come to the Boston, and uh, there is a there is a, a um, their daddy already in in their place, uh, and he already gave. Um, Winston quite a, a sort of hide and, and he's having their none of it um, and there is a brilliant scene so he gets he gets two pool balls in his um, their socks so he has them in his hand um, wax fill fill their Daniels with it uh, they flattens him he tells uh, the, the other henchmen that they're down um, and then he goes off he finds he finds the the daddy. Um, he beats him up, so he so he so he drowns him, uh, knocks his head against the the sink, uh, it, it gets him on the floor, kicks him in the ghoulies, uh, and says, "Right, right, you bastard! Uh, I'm the daddy now." <laughs> and, uh, and it's almost a, a, a this sort of relief. Um, you know, it is almost the one bit where you go, "Yes." Yeah, I mean, the only other time of, um, I would say, levity, like I said, there's not, I mean, there's nothing really fun, there's, other than like an uncomfortable chuckle here or there, you're not going to get anything really funny, although the most levity, I, I, I would say, probably comes from, from Archer, just because his conversations are so outside the norm of what's going on with the rest of the movie, um, and maybe that's kind of yeah. It's maybe why I gravitated towards him, because I could see like if I was you know God forbid I was in such a situation. I don't think I'm an aggressive enough to 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 be a daddy, although I would fight back to not be a victim. But mm-hmm. I could see if if put in this situation, I would probably be the type. Um. I'm a pescatarian, so I'm not a... a actually, he is... I, I think technically he is a pescatarian because he says he gets fish when they have fish. So I'm a yeah. pescatarian. Uh-huh. I'm a pescatarian, so I would... I would. Um, I don't know if I'd have the ghoulies to walk around barefoot, but um, I, I kind of see... like So that's the kind of the character that I gravitate towards the most. Kind of just doing my time um, and wanting to... T- you know, if I'm in this situation, I'd want to... Um, to to you know let my mind wander by reading a good book so that's kind of like the character that i gravitated towards the most um because unfortunately like it or not a a lot of these characters are are unreprehensible don't have particularly you know there's not a lot to, to like but you do at the same time what i really think what i love about the climax of this movie 
is um and uh yeah i guess we we should probably talk about the climax of this movie is that after after the 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 rape victim kills himself there's a a, a full-blown riot in the yeah. cafeteria um to, to kind of say you know what we've this enough is enough of this mm-hmm. of, of this yeah. and um yeah so it just explodes and i know that they were when they were filming on set they were told they t- <laughs> i guess the 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 crew told the they, they told the kids well don't break any windows don't smash this don't break that and um well if you've seen the movie you know that uh, those those, yeah. <laughs> those those pleas went on deaf ears and i think it's more so for the better because you actually you feel the anger in this in this scene this this seething this seething pot of like like i said this boiling water has finally it's you know it can no longer be contained it's it's boiling over now and um yeah the movie ends with uh Ray Winstone and and somebody else being thrown into solitary, and mm-hmm. then and then this very uh, political speech done by I think the headmaster, yeah. who says that we will not stand for this kind of blah 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 blah, and it's kind of like a, it's a lot of talking head nonsense, um, kind of like. Uh, we had nothing to do with this. We certainly did not fuel the fire for any of this. And it's, it's all bullshit pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, not wanting to take responsibility for the situation that you yourself created. So, um, but before we wrap up, uh, Ian, could you tell us a little bit more? Cause I'm not all that familiar with, Mr. Alan Clark, but could you tell us some? The only other movie of his that I saw was, uh, is it Made in Britain? Am I thinking of the right movie? Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, hold on. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull up some of his credits. Made in Britain with um a very young Tim Roth, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Which again, a very a very on the nose film. Um. Right, let's just have a look. Yeah, so lots of lots of TV dramas actually. Um, oh no, oh no, Rita Sue and Bob too. Now that's a great film. So uh, that's a look at um, the working life, uh, working class, and uh, a northern um, their sort of British life. That's uh, that's a very funny film. Um, that, that I would I would absolutely recommend. They're watching that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, so made made in Britain, yeah, with Tim Tim the Roth, um, yes, yeah, Scum, um, yeah, lots of BBC sort of plays, uh, yeah, yeah, some good stuff, but yeah, very much, uh, you know, someone likes to tell a uh, tell um, uh, you know, real stories or sort of uh, they reflect um, you know, real real sort of life, sort of working class their life, so right, and for those. Uh-huh. For those of you who are only familiar with uh, Tim Roth from uh, the '90s or the the U.S. Tim Roth, uh, <laughs> d- dig into Made in Britain. Um, what's the Stephen Frears movie? The Hit. 
yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, which is genius. And I'm gonna butcher this title because it's just the cook, the wife, the thief, and her lover. Okay, yeah. So um, <laughs> did I mess that up? <laughs> no, no, that's that's not bad. That's um, that's Peter Greenaway, isn't it? So, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he's a very um, he's a very interesting uh, uh, director. Um, if you like your films on these slightly, um, they're surreal side, quite sort of art house. Um, uh, but that's probably one of his most um, accessible films. Actually, it's uh, that, that is a good one. Um, I will just say one thing about about, about Ray there, Winstone there, there, Chris. So um, obviously, I think I think we probably know him best from from a playing quite. Uh, uh, quite sort of edgy roles or sort of hard men, sort of gangsters, uh, sort of violent sort of types. Um, have you seen Nil by Mouth? I have not. No. Right. Okay. That is uh, that is another fantastic film. He's he's he is brilliant in that. Um, but another another very brutal brutal film. Um, however, so uh, however, growing up in in the Britain in the nineteen eighties. And there was um, there was a great series, a very uh, very fondly uh, they remembered um, adaptation of of the Robin Hood um, their story. So uh, this this series called the Robin of um, their Sherwood, and um, Ray Winston plays Will Scarlet. Um, oh, oh, that sounds so, oh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, so it's uh, it's quite uh, it's 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 certainly a bit more lighthearted, but with lots of action and uh, yeah, very different a different side of him uh, there that you see in in that. So that would that would probably be the first time that I I saw him. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. After watching Sexy Beast, um, watching some of his, you know, going watching some of his other roles, but. I, I, I think it, this happens to me sometimes with actors. If you if I see a movie like that, with a performance like that, I always kind of picture, I always picture him as Cal now. Like to mm-hmm. me, like yeah. I'm just like yeah. because Cal is such, uh, he's such a good character. Like just, I I don't know. I again we're talking about scum, but I mean if you if if you if you haven't watched Sexy Bees. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I'm sure Ian could also recommend Sexy Beast as a as a. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Um, Ian, are we missing anything about Scum? I think we've covered quite a bit about it. Like I, I... said, we're not really dealing with a very plot-driven movie. So you know what? No, no. So not at all, there, Chris. I, I would say I don't know about you. So obviously we are winding up a little bit. Um, Scum is a very sort of relentless film. You know, it doesn't really let up. No. Um, and and at the end of it, it's one of those films where you, where you feel sort of tired. Um, yeah. You're gonna want to shower. You're gonna want to. You're gonna want a nice shower by yourself after this. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 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 Don't. 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 Uh, don't you know drop uh, the, the soap or anything no. like that of uh, any of those uh, dreadful sort of cliches about being in, in um, the jail, of course. But also um, not a good it, first date movie. 
<laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, I don't think uh, I don't think that's going to work whatsoever. So, no. um, and if it does, it's probably not someone that you want to be spending too much time with anyway. I I would be a bit worried to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think the whole point is that it's it's unrelenting because that that that's the point of the movie. It want it, I mean. This is the kind of movie that will stick with you afterwards. And Yeah. Um yeah, so there's no this movie has no time for jokes, no time for nods at the camera, no time for winks, anything like that. This is just it's I mean, it's almost like a it's very documentary-esque in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, and most importantly, I think looking back in hindsight, the fact that it was so powerful, it's so well made, and that it it caused um, people to really take a look at some of these institutions and to work on them and to reform them and say, you know what, this isn't working. Um, Look at the type of look at the type of people we're creating in this kind of like mad. It's like a it's like a uh, a mad scientist la- laboratory. You like you you have the ability to create monsters amongst these people, mm. power hungry, violent, sexual deviants. You know, um, yeah. And so, yeah. To me, um, I was so I'm not sure exactly how I. Oh, somebody had recommended made in britain to me Mm -hmm. and i was making my uh monthly amazon order and i had room for one more movie and i was gonna do made in britain but then i decided that made in britain was made after scum so i decided to go with Mm -hmm. scum because it came out first and um wow just just an absolutely powerful movie and um if you're looking to own it it's available through Kino Lorber, who who have recently been putting out a great deal of um, important kind of cult movies. Uh, yeah. I would say they're kind of like a, a the little brother of Criterion. Yeah. Um, if if okay. you're in the um, the UK uh, at the moment, it's on Amazon Prime. Are they to um, they stream? So if you are are a Prime a Prime their member, you can. Uh, they stream it for free. Oh, and also, if you have a VPN, you can change your location and <laughs> then watch it there. So <laughs> you have no. So between 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 us talking about it, you have no excuse now. We 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 have told you exactly how you can watch this movie. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Chris. Just yes. one last thing for Please. you, and just maybe a a. Uh, uh, this sort of recommendation, and if you haven't seen it, so uh, there's a Gary Oldman uh, film from from the 1980s. It's called um, The Firm, uh, and it's about football. Uh, they're sort of hooligans, so they're soccer. Um, they're hooligans, and that's the, and that's a really good good film. Oh, uh, yeah. My last episode, I just the episode I just dropped a couple days ago. We talked about Mr. Gary Oldman, who is one of my. Um, one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. We talked. Uh, I talked a little Sid and Nancy with somebody. Oh yeah. And uh-huh. then actually, so I think this 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 would have been slightly before that. So. Yeah. Well, Sid and Nancy was his first 
feature film, according to the notes that I had. So yeah. Uh, so the firm, the firm was eighty-five. Um, uh, yeah, and they, and it was a TV film. It was okay. a BBC film again, um, which they did show, but it's uh, it's also fairly brutal. So, eh, uh, I I I have Gary Oldman is is in my top five favorite actors, yeah. and actually now looking back, so I just did Sid and Nancy, and then like two episodes before that, I did Leon the Professional, which features <laughs> one of my favorite performances by him. So, yeah. I love Mozart. <laughs> oh, what a great actor. Um, Ian, what's coming up? On, whoop. Uh, Ian, what's coming up on the Colt Connections in the next couple of weeks? Well, unfortunately, it seems that we have lost Ian due to transatlantic internet connection problems. So I'm going to end this show now. Hopefully we got enough to uh, for everyone to get a taste of scum. Oh, that sounded bad. Uh, anyway, please check out Ian in the Cult Connections show. I've been on there before, and we've we are planning another episode together. So hopefully these uh, internet problems won't be an issue then. But for Chris... This is the Cult Film Companion Podcast, signing off. Y'all have a good night.